Hi there. Welcome to the Calm Podcast, combining academia and life with Marilyn. My name is Marilyn Ritchie, and I have been a mentor and a scientist for 15 years, and I wanted to find a platform to reach more of the academic community than I interact with at my own university. My goal is to give you strategies and ideas for how to achieve harmony between work and life. Sit back, relax, and let's achieve harmony together. Hey there, friends. This is Marilyn, and I am back with another episode of the Calm Podcast, Combining Academia and Life with Marilyn. I have taken the last couple of weeks off from recording the podcast. You you may or may not have noticed. Um, partially, that was because my podcast studio was being renovated. So if you've been listening for a while, you probably heard early on, I was recording in a closet underneath the stairs in my basement. That sounds like a dark, scary place, um, but it's just one of those random little nooks. And I would sit on the floor with my laptop on a little table, close the door, and because it's so small, the sound quality is pretty good. So I was complaining to my husband because I would get a sore back when I'd be in here recording, you know, for an hour or two. And so he renovated it for me. So he actually painted the walls, which was sweet, not necessary for the recording sound, but it looks really nice. And he put a desk up on the wall that's attached to the wall and a chair so that I can actually sit, you know, at a normal height and not be hunched over on the floor. So Uh, One of the weeks that was happening, and then uh, we also had some construction outside, right outside my basement, we were getting a patio done. So one of the weeks, it was just way too loud and messy to try to record. The next week, however, I was just not capable of putting the mental energy into a podcast episode. And I debated whether I was going to share this or not, and I decided that I would, it actually, it it pivoted the topic for this week's podcast. I had told you in episode 11 that this week we would talk about the Enneagram, and I'm going to touch on it slightly, but I need a little bit more time to put into that episode because I want to do justice to all of the different Enneagram types and not just my own. And I feel like I've been a good student of the Enneagram 3, which is the type that I am, but I need a little bit more time to put the content together for the other types because I I want you to be able to hear about your type if you know what it is. So this week we're going to talk about mindset instead and I think that is super relevant because last week my mindset was just not in a place that would allow me to do a podcast. The pace of work since the beginning of the year has been overwhelming. You know, we've been working from home since early March. I think we're now at, I don't know, week 18 or 19. I I do have it written on a calendar, but at the moment I don't remember. It's been just a lot. You know, it's, it's awesome as an informatician that I can work from home and my lab can work from home. And we have been quite productive in doing so. I actually think I want to take a mid-year pause to look at our productivity and share that with the group. Um, just kind of as motivation and, and reward for, for what we've been doing. But all the while, it's been really hard. The, 
the world is going through a lot and it's been challenging to sit on the sidelines and watch that and and quite frankly be right in the thick of it and last week between having a grant deadline that um it was just a lot of work leading up to that grant deadline the piles of work that were paused because of working on the grant deadline and just having worked like that for four months without a break I was just overwhelmed and exhausted so I decided to take a staycation this week so I am in a staycation week right now and it has made a thousand percent difference in my ability to have a positive mindset and be productive and feel like myself again. So I decided that this week we're going to talk about mindset because it does play such a huge role in our ability to be present and productive in our work and at home. For many of us, our work is also at home and looks like it will be for quite a long time. But that mindset component is so important for our mental health, our physical health, and our ability to have connection and lead our people at work and be a good role model and leader for the people that we live with. So today is all about mindset. All right, the first thing that I'm gonna talk about is digging in a little bit more to why my mindset was in a negative place for the last couple of weeks that made it hard to record a podcast. And it hit me like a ton of bricks yesterday morning when I read a post on Facebook by Jen Hatmaker, who is one of my favorite authors. She wrote a note to her community and She is doing a series on her podcast right now about the Enneagram. So every week she goes through a different type and interviews a person from a different type. Um, You heard me mention the Enneagram in episode 11, and I I promise I'm going to do an episode on all of the types soon. Just as a reminder, the Enneagram is a personality assessment and talks about the different characteristics of personality. And there are nine types. The, we each have some aspect of all nine types within us, but we tend to emphasize one or two of the types. I am a type three, which is the achiever. So is Jen Hatmaker. A little bit about the achiever. This is from the EnneagramInstitute.com website. The achiever is success-oriented, pragmatic, adaptive, excelling, driven, image conscious. We are very focused on productivity, achievement, success. And so Jen Hatmaker is also a three. And here, I'm just going to read you what she wrote. I think it, it, she says it so eloquently, and I don't think I can paraphrase it well. So she said that, uh, I'll summarize, the first part was about that she was She's been cranky and a little weird, and her husband had said, you know, I love you, but you're being cranky. 
And so she was trying to understand why. Here's what she said, or wrote. Now fresh in the light of the morning, trying to stay still enough to get to the bottom of it in my own mind, I remembered that this pandemic is an absolute son of a bitch. That's it, that's the tweet. It also occurred to me that our Enneagram types have a lot to tell us about our feelings and reactions to quarantine. As a three, accustomed to super high levels of productivity, activity, engagement, and human contact, including large rooms of women, I am just utterly disoriented. I will just pause and say Jen Hatmaker is a great speaker. I've seen her speak twice. She goes to different conferences and gives these big talks, which I can relate to. Okay, back to her post. I miss you. I miss events. I miss being around a table with my team while all our ideas zip around the room. I miss diversity in my work. I am sick to damn death of being on Zooms and videos. Averse to failure, I experience a low simmering feeling of deterioration about the kids right now. We've run through all the healthy practices and now in the fifth month of quarantine, parenting feels like a lose-lose. None of our summer rhythms are available and everything here feels like sloth and inertia and disconnection. These things are the three's crucible. I also tie a great deal of my joy into your well-being. So the collective pain of this community right now has an outsized effect on my emotions. Anyhow, it was good to sit with my threeness this morning and parse out the very real reasons the pandemic is running so counterproductive to my specific energy. Being aware helps me manage the losses. So that was it. Jen Hatmaker summed it up perfectly. I miss my team. I miss sitting around a conference room table with a whiteboard, talking about science, talking about ideas, brainstorming. Yes, we have lab meetings on Zoom. I do get to see all of their faces. It's not the same. The dynamic is not the same. We can't necessarily read each other's mannerisms and jokes. I just don't feel like there's nearly as much laughter. And the creativity part is just not there on Zoom. I'm really trying to figure out how to bring that element in, but I haven't figured it out yet. And the the lack of being around big groups of people. You know, I also speak at conferences with big rooms of people, not specifically women. I go to science conferences and speak, not women's conferences, but I do get the same um, reward and motivation out of speaking in front of a big group of scientists. And, you know, I picked a career in academia because I want to teach and I want to mentor and I like sharing knowledge and gaining knowledge and then sharing that knowledge. And I've given several talks as you know, Zoom or WebEx or Blue Jeans talks at virtual conferences. It's just not the same. You know, I can't see the facial expressions of the people in the room. Are they understanding me? Are they excited about what I'm talking about? I don't get to meet and have coffee or drinks with people later in the day that saw my talk and want to ask me more about it or talk about their project and how it relates to what I was doing and ask questions. I miss that. I miss kind of going out to lunch with people from work. And a lot of times that's when the most creative and exciting projects came about. 
not when we're sitting alone in our office on a computer. It comes about by being around a diverse group of people and brainstorming and talking. So I definitely am missing all of that. I also am missing being around big groups of people. I enjoy walking across a college campus and seeing all the students. It, it takes me back and I have very fond memories of college. And here 20 years later, you know, I still love the start of a school year and seeing all the new students, you know, with their new university sweatshirts and t-shirts walking across campus. That's not going to happen in a big way this year. We don't know what it's going to look like, but it's certainly not going to look like a typical school year. So everything that Jen said was like a light bulb for me. And so I decided yesterday morning to sit in that knowledge of my personality as part of why I'm struggling and why it's been hard the last couple weeks and just sit in the threeness of it and own it. And I actually jotted down on a piece of paper, what are some of the things that I miss and that I'm sad about and that I'm disappointed about? And I just got them out of my head because they've just been swirling in my mind. You know, oh, and here's another thing that I didn't get to do. And here's another trip that just got, you know, the reminder popped up that my hotel is canceled on my Google calendar. Thank you very much. As if I needed the reminder that I had that trip on the calendar that is now canceled. And it actually really helped me a lot to just write down the things that I was disappointed about. They were out of my head. And I was like, okay, now let's focus on the things that are good. And I'm grateful for a lot of things that have happened for me and my family and even my lab group during the pandemic. There have been good things, but the last couple of weeks have felt just a lot harder. So my first piece of advice is to just, if you are in a negative brain space, allow yourself to acknowledge it. Just say it out loud to yourself, own it. And then maybe try this exercise of writing down what are the specific things that are bothering you? Is it, you know, missed opportunities? Is it missed events with your kids? Is it all of the things going on in the country with the fighting about the masks and the social justice issues that continue to exist and shouldn't, but they do. What are the things that are bothering you? And perhaps just acknowledging them and owning them allows you to kind of get a handle on them and then begin to build your mindset in a more positive direction once you just acknowledge it and figure out what it is that's bothering you. All right, the next thing that I wanna talk about that really builds from this mindset idea is some work by Carol Dweck. She has a book about mindset. The book is called Mindset, The New Psychology of Success. And Carol talks about how there are really two types of mindsets, a growth mindset and a fixed mindset. And academic success comes from having a growth mindset. The, the way that she describes this and 
and my interpretation of it, are people with fixed mindsets see their strengths and their skills as things that they're born with, their innate traits, like your eye color or your hair color. You're either born with them or you're not, and that's the bottom line. So you're a person who can do this thing or you're a person that cannot do this thing. That is a fixed mindset. Whereas a growth mindset recognizes that your brain can grow and change through effort all the time. You embrace failure as an opportunity to develop a new strategy or a new approach or a new skill. And that by continuing to learn content and concepts that previously were challenging, you will continue to grow. I think many academics tend to have a growth mindset. You know, part of our career is focused on continued growth and learning. But that's generally specific to the area that we work in. Recognizing that this growth mindset also applies to how we go through our day-to-day life and month-to-month life is also really important. So I've been listening to her book on Audible, and I really am learning a lot from it. And it it kind of hit me a bit um, as I was thinking yesterday about why I've been in such a funk and such a mood and how I need to focus more on my growth mindset and not sit here in the pandemic is hard. These things are hard. Here are all of the terrible things that are happening and just... I mean, sitting in it for a little bit, I think was okay. But then, okay, how do I learn from this? How do I grow from this? How do I adapt from this place? Because staying in a negative space, it's not productive. It's not helpful. It doesn't feel good to yourself. It doesn't feel good to your friends and your family and the people that you live with. And so really focusing on growth and what things can I work on to grow from here? What things can I work on to do better? And so I have spent a lot of the last 24 hours thinking about the fact that we're going to be in this pandemic for probably the rest of 2020. And I could sit and be really sad about that and really angry. Or I can think about what are the things that I can do to own the rest of the year to enjoy what is possible in the rest of the year. What can I learn? What can I do differently? One example, I was talking with my kids yesterday. You know, I do feel like we've been in a bit of a funk where they're just kind of fighting with each other and picking at each other and just seem like they're in a bad mood too because they're not getting to do all the things that they normally get to do. And... So I said to them, hey, guys, I thought of a new thing we could try. You both have been kind of dabbling and learning a little bit how to cook. Remember, my kids are older. They're 11 and 14. So I said, how about starting next week, you each choose the dinner one night. You each we're going to pick a day that from now on you get Tuesday, you get Thursday or you get Monday, you get Thursday and you choose the meal and you make the meal. And if you need help, dad and I will help you and we'll teach you how to do it. But this will, one, allow you to, you know, search the internet for something that you want to learn how to make and want to eat. Two, you'll learn some kitchen skills. 
Three, dad and I don't have to pick dinner seven of the nights. We can at least have two nights off because choosing dinners, I don't know about the rest of you, but gosh, so sick of dinner and picking what's for dinner. And it'll give us some something different and new to do together that will be a growing opportunity. They'll be learning. We'll be spending time with them. It's something specific to teach. And they were both really excited about it. So we're going to try it starting next week. They're going to be in charge of dinner. Um, they're going to pick their night that we're going to try to stick with for a while because we're going to be home eating in for a while. And they're really excited about it. So if you're not familiar with this concept of growth mindset versus fixed mindset, I highly recommend Carol Dweck's book, Mindset. You could listen to it on Audible. You could read it on a Kindle. It's available you know, anywhere books are sold. Um, she also has been interviewed on a bunch of podcasts that you could look for. She has uh, some blog posts you know, that people have written about it. But this idea that adopting a growth mindset is so important for continuing to grow, continuing to learn, and continuing to kind of put your mind in a space that allows for failure, but sees those failures and hard times as opportunities to advance and grow and become a better version of yourself. All right, the next thing I want to talk about is kind of the the difference between a positive mindset and a negative mindset or, you know, being an optimist or a pessimist. And I am in general the eternal optimist. I feel like Pollyanna, I am a glass is half full kind of person about most things. That said, there are times that I get in a bad mood and I fall into a negative brain space. That's where I've been the last couple weeks and it wasn't fun and it's not like me, but it happens. I have friends who are generally in a negative brain space and they're generally glass is half empty, pessimistic people. And you know for yourself, whether you're an optimist or a pessimist, kind of have a positive attitude or a negative one, especially when life is hard, which 2020 is definitely one of those years, I think, for the majority of people living in the world, it becomes really important to do everything you can to be an optimist and have a positive mindset. And I don't mean ignore all of the hard things and be sugary, sweet, fake optimist. That's not helpful. We do have to acknowledge and deal with what's happening because it's hard. It's a hard year. But sitting in negativity all the time, just it's just not good for our emotional and mental health. We have to have some joy and some positive things happening. So while I was in a pretty negative space for the last little bit, I'm feeling a lot better um, now, kind of several days into this week of staycation. So I took this week off. It, I have not really had a break since the pandemic started. And I was just feeling overwhelmed and burnt out. And so this week, I have read two novels. I have taken naps. I have spent time in the sunshine. I have spent time with my kids. I have just rested. I've barely checked email. I've done the bare minimum of things that people are texting me that like, Marilyn, this is urgent. Can you please do this thing? And I'll do the thing. But otherwise, I have ignored work for the week. And 
It has been amazing. I highly, highly recommend it. It has allowed me to get back to my optimistic, positive brain space. I am excited about work again. I'm excited about some projects in the house. I'm excited to learn new things. I've started thinking again about learning a second language because it's something I've always wanted to do and I never have time. We have plenty of time right now. So I think I'm going to work on it. I'm going to see if my daughter will do it with me. And I'm really focusing on positivity. So if you are in a negative brain space, I strongly encourage you to take a vacation, staycation. I know it's hard to go anywhere, even if it's just a day or two days, to just rest. Don't think about work. Don't think about all the things you have to do. Just read a good book, watch a good movie, watch a comedy. Laughter helps so much. Um, Watch a movie from when you were kids. This week, we've been watching the Indiana Jones movies. We've gotten through the first two. We have the last two to go. My kids are loving it. I'm loving it. It's taking me back to, you know, being a kid and when times were easier. It has really helped to put me back into my normal space. I feel like myself again. The first couple days of this vacation, they just were as hard as the last couple weeks. I needed those couple of days to unplug, process the negative stuff, and get out of it. Um, Dave Hollis, who is another author that I like, uh, has posted a few times on his social media Today could be a great day or a terrible day. It's your choice. And there are days that I'm in a mood, a negative mood, a bad mood, where I'm like, yep, today is going to be a bad day. And I am, I don't choose it on purpose. It just, it's happening because that's where my brain is. But there are days that I'm on the edge. It could go either way. And it is absolutely true that I can decide how to focus my energy and turn what could have been a terrible day into a good day. And so as much as you can focus on positive energy, gratitude, what are the things that bring you joy and can you add those to your day to take what could be a bad day and turn it into a great day or at least a good day. And that positivity can go a long way to making each day just more enjoyable. And upon reflection, you'll be happy about how you spent the time rather than disappointed. All right, the last thing that I wanna talk about today is the difference between an abundance mindset and a scarcity mindset. You've probably heard me mention these before. So an abundance mindset is someone who is generally, I'm sorry, genuinely happy for other people when they achieve success. In an abundance mindset, we believe that there is enough for everyone. There is enough success. There is enough money. There is enough opportunity. There is enough love and friendship for everyone to have plenty. Whereas a scarcity mindset, this is where people are competitive. They resent other people's success. They don't believe there's enough for everyone. And so they 
get like angry and frustrated when someone else achieves some success. We see this a lot in science and in academia in general. And I have been trying for the last couple years to adopt an abundance mindset as much as I possibly can. And it's hard when we write a lot of grants and many of them don't get funded. For example, I just had another RO1 not discussed that I have not gotten a summary statement for, but I did get notified that it was not discussed. And my first reaction is always disappointment. And it's like the stages of grief. I'm in shock and denial and disappointment and anger and then acceptance. And it just stinks every time. I've been doing this for God, 16, 17 years, and it's still disappointing when it happens. And then you'll find out that one of your colleagues got a fundable score. And I used to get so jealous and so mad at myself that I didn't do as well. I don't do that anymore. I'm genuinely happy for them. Like, that's awesome. It is not a sign of how good or how smart we are or how creative we are or how great of a writer we are when our grant gets funded versus one that doesn't. It has a lot to do with chance, who happened to review it, what mood were they in that day, were they the right type of person to get excited about what you're doing. Like, there's a a huge element of chance. Yes, there's skill. Yes, there is, you know, being careful and being thorough, but even the most beautifully written grants sometimes do terribly with the wrong panel of reviewers. So there is an element of chance to it. But me being upset about mine does not prevent me from being happy for my friend or for my colleague. And if you actually take a step back and think about it, it feels a lot better to cheer each other on than it does to be competitive and nasty about it. And so as much as we can adopt that abundance mindset that there really is enough creativity, there are enough ideas, there is enough money for everyone to be successful. The more that we embrace that, even on the times that it's challenging for us, it just makes it a lot easier to get through things. So. I've been trying to teach my kids this as well, that you know there are enough opportunities. If you didn't get this thing, you didn't make this team, you weren't selected to be one of the few going to this thing, this event or this you know club opportunity, that just means that there's another opportunity for you. This was not yours. So I try to tell myself that when a paper gets rejected, this was not the place for this paper. It was not the place or the time. I need to try a different journal. If a particular grant does not get funded, it was not the right panel. It was not the right time. There's something in there that needs to change. It's not reflecting on me as a person. I don't need to take it personally. I just need to learn from it, grow from it, and try again and try something different. And I think as much as we can adopt this abundance mindset, it will really help to stay productive and keep working harder. And I don't mean working more. I mean working, maybe harder is even the wrong word, working better, more efficiently, more creatively, more innovatively. Take the, the failures and 
grow from them because there is enough opportunity out there for all of us. So abundance versus scarcity. Think about which you are and as much as you can shift your mindset into an abundance mindset, I think it will go a long way towards feeling like a happier person and being able to be happy for the people in your academic community. That is it for today. I hope that thinking about these different mindsets has been helpful for you. It certainly was helpful for me to put this material together to just think about how there are these different kind of opposite mindsets, positive and negative, growth fixed, abundant scarcity. And I think that we all have a tendency to fall into one or the other at different times. As much as we can focus on abundance, positivity, and growth, I think makes life certainly more enjoyable and I think provides a lot more opportunity for us than if we sit in a fixed mindset, a negative mindset, or a scarcity mindset. And so I really do think that trying to shift ourselves into abundance and growth and positivity is is really where we want to be. And I certainly try to do that in my day-to-day life. If you're struggling with those things, as I've talked about before, journaling and a gratitude practice can be really helpful. Um, Try talking with colleagues or friends who do have those positive mindsets. I think that can be really helpful as well. If you surround yourself with people with a negative mindset as well, it can be really easy to just kind of stay in that space. And so if you're in that space, try to find one of your friends that's not and see if you can cling on to kind of their mindset and and try to mimic and adapt to that mindset. Don't try to bring them into your negative mindset. Try to go to their positive mindset. So with that, I hope that you're doing well. I hope that your family is healthy and safe in this really challenging time. And I will work on the next podcast. So I will not have a three-week break this time. I'll have another episode in a few days. Thanks. Stay well. Talk to you soon. You've just listened to another episode of The Calm Podcast. I hope that some of the strategies that I talked about are helpful to you in your journey through academia and life. As they say, it's not all about the destination. It's about the journey. Let's make it a great one. Until next time.